Please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 15. Watching just a touch of the news this morning, and they're having the Daytona 500 today. Is that right? Okay. Well, uh, Bonnie and I went to the Tyre, T-Y-R-E, Raceway as well when we, when we visited Israel. It's on the beach, and they had watchtower turrets made of stone where the guy with the flag, they, where they had their chariot races. That's where Jesus, that's where I'm going to take you today. Jesus going to Tyre and Sidon. If you're with me, verse 21 then Jesus went there and departed unto the coast of Tyre in Sidon. That is to, that is to the west of, it, of Israel on the beach, and it's not Jewish. He's going to, he's going to the beach uh, uh, for a little bit of R&R, and his disciples, uh, they're all going, and they're going to be laying out in the sun, getting a suntan, I imagine, and getting some rest, but wherever Jesus goes, there's no rest. People always find him and want him and need him, and I don't imagine there was any regret on his behalf. Verse 22, And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same area and cried to him, saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. Her daughter was possessed. Stopping right there for a moment. She came out of the same area, the non-Jewish area, the Canaanite area where they worshipped other gods. But somehow someone told someone that Jesus was at Tyre that he was at Sidon. And someone told that someone, and the word got around, and they, Jesus, at the beach, Tyre and Sidon, uh, uh, this woman finds him. She's desperate. What do you do? What do you do? Now, today, uh, devil oppression, demon possession, isn't as widely thought of. Usually we think of it sometimes as mental illness. Sometimes, our, sometimes the people are culture. Listen, I'm making this up on the spur of the moment. Culture possessed. Sin possessed as well. But I don't think Satan has taken a holiday either. I think he's actively, busily working in our lives. She was possessed. With a devil, there are degrees of that misery, and this was the worst kind of possession. Though vexed with the devil, yet she, she's still my daughter. Only One can only imagine how evil and harsh that her daughter was. One can only imagine it, and yet her thought is, even though she's vexed with the devil, even though she's demon-possessed, I still love her. She's still my daughter. The, the greatest 
The greatest afflictions of family do not erase our obligations to them. No matter how bad our family, our kin are, we still have obligations to help them when we can. It is our needs that often drive us to Christ. The better motive, though, rather than going to him only when we have needs, the better motive, listen, is to love him, is to please him. We all have obligations. We even have obligations this way. But the better motive is to love. You do the things you do, your self-sacrificial things you do for love and for pleasing one another. Better motive is love. It was trouble in her family that now brought her to Christ. She came to him not for teaching, but for healing. Yet, because she came in faith, he did not reject her. Please understand, I have said this 20 years. Faith is what you want to work on to build up your faith. And the more faith you have, the less fear you'll have. It is good to make the troubles of others our own troubles as well, helping others to carry their burdens. Her petition is, have mercy on me. Mercies to the children are mercies to the parents. It's an expression that goes, favors to ours are favors to us. Parents should look upon Upon it as a great mercy to themselves to have Satan's power, maybe even the culture's power, broken in the souls of their children. In verse 22 again, O Lord, thou son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her, verse 23, not a word. Most of this of us have this in our lives. When God is silent, we go to God, we go to God, we go to God, we go to God, and we don't get an answer. Some people keep at it. Other people get mad. Part of it is who they are as well. Why won't God answer me? I get that question all the time. And it happens to this lady now. Is he ignoring her? That's the question. Do we ever feel ignored by God? Yes, but that's not his intent. That's not his intent. Sometimes God is silent. There was a famous book out 10 years ago called When God is Silent. I can't tell you any more about it right now. Christ treated her this way to test her, I believe. To test her. He knows what's in, in her heart. He knows the strength of her faith and how well able she was by his grace to break through these discouragements. He knows about our discouragements. He knows about our disappointments. And he will give strength to break through them. 
He therefore met her with her discouragement that the trial of her faith might be found unto praise, honor, and glory. The Apostle Peter knows something about trials. And uh, he died a pretty bad death. After, after though, he was sent into the world to spread the gospel. In 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, the manifold temptations, the manifold problems that we might have, the manifold discouragements, disappointments that we would have in life, reading it that way, you are in heaviness through manifold problems, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perishes, though it be tried with fire, it might be found unto praise, honor, and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. The trials of our faith. Just an amazing thing the way God, God is so wise. He knows our need. He knows what we need. He knows what he wants the trials to bring out from us as well. The faith. Christ knew what he was doing and therefore he didn't answer her. He was silent. It appeared that he ignored her. It appears like that to us sometimes when God is silent. He therefore didn't answer her that she might be the more needy in prayer. I don't know how far she walked. She wasn't from Tyre or Sidon. She was from the, the surrounding area. She might have walked, walked a day or two to get there to find Jesus. We don't have to walk that far to find Jesus. He's there. He's in us through the person of the Holy Spirit. He knows. But she no doubt had a rough time getting there. He heard her. He was pleased with her. He didn't answer her, but he was pleased with her faith. Doesn't always answer. That's part of tonight's message. I hope you'll come. And he was pleased with her and strengthened her with strength in her soul to answer her request. Though he did not immediately give her the answer, she expected by, by seeming to draw away the desired mercy from her. He drew her on to be so much the more insistent tonight. That's one of the things we'll talk about, insistent prayer. This is actually a Mother's Day message talking about this very faithful mother who endured so much at, at the hand of her children. Some of us have that. By seeming to draw away the, the mercy from her, he drew her onto the much more insistent prayer. Every accepted prayer is not immediately answered. That's also tonight's message. There are delayed answers to our prayers. 
But when God is late, he's on time, our faith says, you know what you're doing. That also is from tonight. When, when God delays, it is to prove and to improve our faith. Oh, that's so precious to me. But he answered her not a word, verse 23. And his disciples came and asked him, saying, Send her away, for she's crying after us. She's bothering us, Jesus. Send that woman away. She's not even of our religion. Send her away. She must be following and she must be crying out, Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me. And Jesus is walking ahead, the disciples behind him. And it is amazing to me the sight that Jesus must have to see things we don't see. Woman at the well. All the disciples passed her on the way into town. And Jesus gave her salvation in the whole town. Here, this woman not even of their same religion that we can tell. A Canaanite woman. Send her away, like some of us would look at people who we think are bothering us. He doesn't send her away. He does not only not answer her, but soon argues with her and stops her mouth with a reason. It is true, she is lost. She's a lost sheep and has as much need of his care as any, but she is not of the house of Israel. And that's who at this time in the ministry he's, he's ministering to are the Jews. Christ was a minister to the Jews. Romans 15, 8. And though he was intended to be a light to the Gentiles, yet the fullness of time for that was not yet come. Christ's personal ministry was to be the glory of his people Israel, or to the glory. Verse 24 of our text. But he answered and said, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. Now the word Lord here is the word for supreme authority. There might be other gods, but you, Lord, you, Lord, calling him Lord, you are the supreme authority of the world, creator of the universe. You are the, the most powerful Lord Help me. Jesus hears the help me prayers. He may not answer right away. He might be trying to give you more strength, more persistence, but he hears the help me prayers. Verse 26, but he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and to throw it to the dogs. In the scriptures, the non-Jewish the non-Jewish people, the Gentiles, which is what, for the most part, we are. We're the Gentiles. But in the Bible times, the Gentiles were called the dogs, not worthy of anything. 
He says, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And this seems to most people that it would just cut her off at the knees. It would take her breath away and stop her. It might have driven her to despair. You mean after all the walking I've done, after all I put up with my daughter recently, I'm not worthy to receive help from you? Might be her thinking. Every single one of you are worthy to receive his help. More on that in a minute. Though unworthy to be called children, great faith breaks through and overcomes. Great faith breaks through and overcomes. Look at James. I have it up here. James 4, 2. James, I'm sorry. We must first see ourselves as dogs. He answered and said, verse 26, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And this seemingly would cause her despair. If she didn't have such strong faith, some of us would say, You mean you're not going to help me? Because I'm not of your religion? It didn't stop her. She didn't give up. She gives an answer back to God. I encourage parents, teach your children to speak their peace to you. Don't try to intimidate them so they don't talk back to you. In a respectful way, hear them out. It teaches them to speak their heart, their mind, and and later on in life, even in this lady's life, she, she talks back. She argues back with God. It's okay for us to talk to God. It's not okay for us to talk to others about bad things of God. Watch that. I didn't quite say that right. We must first see ourselves as Worthless dogs, unworthy. If we can come to that part, humility strikes in us. Less than all the, le the least of God's sheep, before we are fit to be dignified, we must first see ourselves as unworthy. God honors humility. Humility in all of the areas of life equals joy when we don't have the power ourselves but we, and we get it from God. Don't think so highly of yourselves that you don't need God. We are to think lowly of ourselves so we have that need. We know we need God. When we do that, we receive joy. Verse 27 she said, Truth, Lord, yet even the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. She says, I, Hey, I don't want the whole loaf. 
Just a crumb will do. Even a little from God goes a long way. Now on the other hand, some people settle for crumbs all their life when there is so much more to get from God. And even tonight's message is like the best I can give for someone who wants to grow and learn how to pray and understand prayer. Verse 28, Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as you will, just as you want. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Daughter's not even there. Daughter's at home, wrecking the house. Mother came to see Jesus, and Jesus, long-distance healing, heals this possessed daughter. The thought I had when I was reading this, he says, Great is thy faith, be it unto thee as you will. What do you will? What do you want in life? What's your purpose in life? You're known to God for it. What is your will? Oh, that you would will, that you would want great faith, to grow your faith, making that one of your, one of your greatest, greatest searches in life is to grow your faith. Here is the strength of her faith and perseverance. I got to go back here once. Great faith breaks through and overcomes all discouragements. Maybe not right away. You don't have it break through. But your great faith, you keep it up. You be persistent. We're talking about that tonight. Great faith breaks through and overcomes all discouragements. A proud, though, a proud, unhumbled heart would not have taken it. But a humble, believing, faithful soul that truly loves Christ takes everything that God in life gives him. They trust God no matter what. No matter what. Some things to remember. It is the duty of parents to pray for their children. To be insistent in prayer for them. That's tonight's message. Especially for their souls. Notice that she keeps up good thoughts of Christ and will not stop. She says, Lord, help me. That's a great prayer. But it is a shame that it should be turned into a byword that we use using God's name in vain. So faith can find encouragement even in that which is discouraging, even in that which is hard and disappointment. Faith can find encouragement. I, I notice four quick things I want you to take home with you in this. Four things about this woman who got what she needed from God. First, I wanted you to notice her humility. 
her humility, her need, made her glad for even the crumbs that God would give her. Those who are conscious of themselves that they deserve nothing will be thankful for anything, even the crumbs. And then we are prepared for the greatest of God's mercies when we see ourselves less than the least of them. Those of you know, that know what I'm speaking of, do loss as servants having no rights. I said I had four things I wanted to share with you. First was her humility and her need. Secondly is her faith encouraged her to expect even the crumbs. James 4, 2. You lust and have not. You kill and desire to have. You cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not, because you ask not. You ask and receive not, because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your own lust. You adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship of the world is to be enmity or enemy with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Her faith encouraged her. Thirdly, if she were a dog, she was his dog. She elevated him to the highest authority when she called him Lord. She was his dog. And it cannot go wrong with us when we do that. If we stand, but even in the least relations to Christ, though unworthy to be called children, yet make me as one of thy hired servants, the prodigal son. I'm not worthy to be in the family. Just make me a servant. And fourth, Jesus commended her faith for being insistent, for being persistent. She kept it up. More on that tonight. He says, O woman, great is thy faith. It is her faith that he commends. There were several other graces that shone bright in her life at that time. Wisdom, humility, meekness. She didn't get mad when he kept, he kept going. She just was persistent. Patience, perseverance, all those things. But her faith is what he recommends the most. Christ looks upon us and the most commendable attribute he looks for is faith. How great is our faith. Hebrews chapter 11 has a whole chapter on, it's called the, the hall of faith right there. Might get into that a little tonight. Faith, faith honors Christ the most. Therefore, of all graces, Christ honors faith the most. 
The greatness of faith consists much in a resolute adherence to Jesus Christ as the all-sufficient, all-knowing, everywhere God. This is great faith. A couple life principles here. One, it is our needs that often drive us to Christ. When we need something, but the better motive is to come to Christ with love because you love him, not just when you need him. That's what we want from our children. The better motive for coming to Christ is our love for him. A second principle, don't. Never settle for crumbs. Be persistent. Be insistent. Get all that you can. Hmm. And lastly, Jesus answered and said unto her, A woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto you, even as you will. Even as you will. Well, and her daughter was made whole, long distance healing, that very moment. Be it unto you as you will. As musicians come, what do you want? Would you be willing with all your heart making a commitment to come to him and not give up? To chase after him? To be persistent and insistent in prayer? To get what you want, to get what you will. We all have those things. Would you bow your heads, please? And for a moment, would you go to God right now with your quiet prayer? What it is, is you, that, that is your will. If he was to say unto you, whatever your will is, I will answer it. What would that be? Talk to God, the all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving, forgiving God. Lord, there might be someone here who would like to have that all-knowing, all-powerful loving God in their life. They would like to make sure they have Jesus Christ in their heart to give their heart and life to you. Might be what their will is or should be. Lord, if there's anyone here like that, let them in their heart of hearts, quietly in their pew, let them, Lord, ask you right now into their heart to give their heart to you if they need my help. When I got saved, I prayed a prayer just like this. If you repeat it and mean it with all your heart, God will save you and be your Lord. Prayer goes like this, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. 
I've done bad things. I know the penalty for being a sinner is that I have to go to hell. But I know on the cross you paid my penalty. Lord Jesus Christ, forgive me for my sin. Come into my heart. Be my Savior, be my Lord. Help me, Lord, to become the best I can. I give my life to you. With your heads bowed and eyes closed, if anyone prayed that prayer and meant it with all their heart, would you raise your hand very quickly that I might see? Lord Jesus Christ, there are so many of us here who have these discouragements and disappointments. Even sitting here now are more than one with cancers, more than one with loss in their life. And Lord, we, we ask for your help. We exercise our faith. We need your help, Lord. Can't do it ourselves. It's beyond us. Help us, Lord, because you care so much. In Jesus' name, amen.